0: Welcome back to The Nightlife Podcast, Season 4, Episode 5. Guys, today I am going to be getting a little techie one more time. I am going to be talking to a couple of guys from New York who came up with an idea for a platform for the nightlife industry as they were working in the industry uh, and realized that there was some need for this. This is something that is going to help some venues, definitely, definitely help main promoters and curators. Um one hundred percent. So without further ado, uh, my new friends Avanti and Eli from Posh. Hey guys, how are you doing?
1: Good, how are you going?
0: You're um you're in New York now, right?
1: Sir, yes sir.
0: Um guys, so why don't we start um by you telling the audience a little bit about what uh what you do?
2: For sure. Um so, I mean, I'll let Eli help out here, but um, Posh is pretty much a ticketing platform that's really targeted at the nightlife space specifically. And we're basically trying to automate a lot of the marketing practices, uh, processes that go with throwing an event um, in the nightlife space. So first, the first version that we just completed actually um, really is targeted on SMS and texting. And we're really trying to just make it easy to text everyone and invite them out to your events so that you don't have to be doing a lot of the back
0: and forth manually. Okay. Are you guys in the industry?
1: Yeah. And as opposed to these more, um, the traditional event platforms where it's targeted towards the attendee, we're trying to focus ours around the promoter and making things easier for promotion. So that's what kind of separates it from the rest of the ticketing industry right now.
0: Right. So that is an issue I've seen. Actually, I've, I've, I've actually, you know, met with a few people that are working on different types of platforms and, and, um, and, I, and that's one thing that I've definitely you know seen before that it's there's an issue everybody concentrates on venues and and they leave the promoters um, out of the game in a way right. um, actually I, I feel like when whenever somebody's building something and and they leave a big part of the in, you know industry out of the game especially promoters who have you know strong feelings <laughs> are not going to be happy about it and they're not gonna help you know you need the promoters to grow right don't you think is that the, where you've been before as promoters?
2: Yeah. So um, originally Posh was actually a hospitality group that we started. So um, just a little background. Um, I'm a DJ and basically I've been DJing. My dad's a DJ. I've been DJing for like uh, probably like 10 years. Um, and basically coming from that scene, like DJs are treated horribly in the scene. They're paid late. They, you have to really fight for your keep because there's a million DJs. Um, And so just kind of doing that, I didn't like getting hired by the hospitality groups that were in New York because they just kind of were always treated me poorly. And um, I mean, yeah, Eli is from a similar situation. I kind of I'll let him talk about that.
1: Yeah, I was doing photo and video, um, actually shooting for Avante a few times. And so that's how we got to know each other. Um, I shot some of his gigs and I had similar concerns with the industry where I felt like photographers and videographers um, should be getting more respect from the hospitality groups than they were. And the pay is inconsistent. So we were on like, we had different jobs, but we were running into a lot of the same issues with like stuff being unorganized and not really liking our roles.
2: Then we started just originally as a hospitality group. Um, We're just throwing parties targeted at the college scene because that was kind of our group. We both at NYU. And um, we're getting kids from NYU, Pace, Columbia, kind of all over the city. Um, We had, you know, how, how you describe the whole promotional hierarchy, we had some sub promoters we were hiring DJs. We had to find the venues. Um, we were kind of doing all the operational side of things. We got to know it really well. Our parties were, I mean, nothing crazy. You've had some pretty big guests on the show, but, um, you know, we were doing around 300 people on average per um, weekend per, like, event. Right. And uh, that was only after about building the brand for about two, three months. Um, so we went from literally nothing to about 300 people, and then from there... Um, I, had, I was doing some startup stuff before, so it was Eli, and he actually is a developer, which is like where his main value is now. And um, we kind of just put our heads together, and we're like, listen, a, the ticketing platforms that are out there are not targeted at nightlife; they're targeted at solving a bunch of things, but none of them are specific to nightlife. Right. And B, we, we like have the tech, like we have the know-how, and we kind of have that younger viewpoint on the industry where we can help kind of automate a lot of these social media
0: uh, marketing tactics that people are using, um, with technology. Correct. What, what would you say is the biggest problem that you are solving with this, um, platform?
1: I think a good point you brought up is that, um, so many of the ticketing platforms fail to acknowledge just how, uh, integral the promoter is to the whole nightlife process and also the relationship between the promoter and the attendees. So the ability to easily mass communicate with your attendees while keeping it individualized where they feel like the promoter is reaching out to them. That's something that's really difficult for promoters to do manually right now. So we wanted to solve that problem by integrating, um, SMS tools and also, uh, scraping Instagram profile pictures that promoters can easily remember who their attendees are and communicate with them.
0: That's cool. That's cool stuff. Um, so, how long ago did you guys start building this? By the way, I don't know if you mentioned this. I don't think.
2: Yeah, so that that was another part of our pivot. I think is we were throwing these events. They were going amazing. Like one, the last one we did was actually at a place called Museum of Sex, which is just like a really cool. <laughs> place. No one was throwing events at like we were trying to do like really different out of the box stuff. We saw that a lot of promoters. The other reason I got kind of I got mad is like there's no personalization when you're working for someone else, I and mean, these parties are so like kind of stale. Like. Get fucked up Friday, status Saturday. Like, what does this really mean? Why are people coming out to these events? So that's kind of what the original what our events were about. It was like come to the museum of sex and do a sex themed party. Like, of course college kids are gonna want to do that. And we got branded condoms and we really went all out. And so that was the, that was the last event, and that actually was on our own ticketing platform because Eli was already creating that before we decided to white label it for other people. Right. Um. And then COVID hit, and then it was like, we can't throw any events, but we were already on the track to building this platform, Um, and that was around, you know, March, and so then we just took the full um, dive into just really doing a lot of customer discovery, doing interviews on Zoom with other promoters and people affected by COVID and seeing what features they wanted and how they thought um, that they would come back kind of stronger than ever, and then, yeah, we kind of just hunkered down, you know, got the word out to as many people as I could. Eli was sitting there developing every day, and now we're kind of, eventually we had our first two events on the platform this weekend actually very happy to announce that um cool and starting to come back we actually have some some traction
0: are these are these events in new york or elsewhere
2: yeah all the more in new york
0: yeah okay so i'm glad to hear that there's you know that it's coming back over there you know that's a, that's a good good thing <laughs> well, to hear somewhat
1: coming back somewhat coming back
0: right right um so all right so so the the I want, to, I want to try to understand how this whole thing works, because you mentioned now white labeling, you know, and when people talk about a platform for ticketing specifically, first thing that comes to mind is Eventbrite. That is the first thing that everybody will think of, right. you know, you know, uh, nowadays, even more than Ticketmaster, even though it, Eventbrite is more for the uh, meat size to large events and even sm- some small ones. But, but in general, um, it is really more of a platform that promotes everybody else's and, and you can find other people's promotion and all that kind of stuff. What exactly yeah. do you mean by white labeling in this case? Um, you know.
1: So the key is what you just said, which is that Eventbrite markets other people's events when you're on an event page, right? Um, so if you're throwing a party and your attendees are coming to your page, they're seeing events from other people. Um, other hospitality groups and potentially maybe leaving your event to go to someone else's on a night or getting attracted to other hospitality groups. So the difference with the white label platform is not only is there no posh branding on the event pages that are on our site, there's no other events or hospitality groups advertised besides yours. So if you set up an event and your attendees come to that page, they're only seeing the details and ticket options for that event. And it's all branded like with so we integrated uh, custom coloring. You can put your brand's logo in. So it basically looks like if your brand had your own website or ticketing platform. I mean, there's there's really nothing else from any other groups. I uh, Avanti, maybe you want to, like, elaborate on why we did the white label? Yeah,
2: I mean, the main thing is even say they weren't marketing your events to anyone else, you, you still have the event right name on there. And it doesn't really feel like your own thing. And it's their coloring. It's their, you know, orange and white. Um, branding, and it doesn't really feel like a page of your own. It just seems like you slapped a flyer on and some words. They all look the same. So we really try to make it so that you could make the page your own. Um, with kind of, obviously, it's not a drag and drop web builder at this moment, but really taking that kind of Squarespace ideal of like, hey, make this your own, really brand it yourself. Um, and then when people come to this page, like they're only looking at your event. So there's no link to anything. There's no search functionality. I cannot find out enough about an event unless you send it to me. And now. Just like Eli was saying, like for eventbrite, that would not work because they're made for the attendees. They're not really made for the curator. Right. But on our end, we're curator. So obviously, yeah, it's a downside if you can't find events near you for the attendee. That's not what our purpose is. And right. really sticking to your like something that we really think is important, especially when you're a startup, you gotta be really narrowed in on what you're trying to do and what we're trying to do is just improve the curator experience as much as possible. Right.
0: Um so, so, so I want to make sure that I use terms in this show that uh, that my audience understands well. Um, when we are talking about curator uh, for you, it's what we see in general over here, down here, for example, in Florida, as the main promoter um, exactly. or the person who is in charge of producing a whole event. Or you know, some people think yeah, that, that's the issue. A lot of people don't understand how the industry works. So a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you rent out the venue." That no, no, it's not really a rent out. There's different kinds of deals. You can rent a venue. Um, I'm not sure what the events you were doing, for example, at the sex museum or museum of sex, but, um, but, (laughs) but, but in general, uh, there are different types of, of deals, whatever, but the curator would be equivalent to that main promoter who is in charge of producing his whole event, promoting it and everything. Um, correct. Then, uh, for us, that main promoter has a group of sub promoters working for them, which is what you guys call the promoter is everybody every 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 you know uh young kid old kid whatever it may be um who's bringing people bodies to the venue right now you can have an event curator or main promoter actually uh bring in their team of promoters uh, or sub promoters uh to the platform and do the promotion um through them
2: yeah exactly yep so um obviously as you said and i've heard you say this in earlier episodes as well as like the promoter, like you cannot outsource the promoter. Like the venue cannot go direct to consumer because the biggest thing is that the promoter has that personal relationship. So we're not here trying to say to venues, or any, we're not even trying to pitch venues. We're, we're trying to empower that main promoter like you're talking about and say, look, maybe you don't have to A, hire as many sub promoters because you're gonna have a bigger reach, but it's also gonna be easier for you to retain your current attendees and your current crowd because you're gonna know how they look. You're gonna have their profile pictures right there on the page you're gonna be able to text them right from the dashboard, and then eventually yeah. the have even more outreach, you know, via Instagram, email, et cetera, so you can really have a full, comprehensive CRM that just makes it easy to manage, you know, every single person that's ever come to any of your events. So we're not trying to outsource that at all.
0: Got it.
1: And in a way, that really benefits the consumer as well, because would you rather go to a, a venue and not know anyone, or would you rather have a personal relationship with the promoter that's bringing you out and be able to go to different venues week by week, so it kind of benefits the whole market. I mean, I
0: can talk about my generation, and there's no way that anybody would go anywhere without knowing somebody there. Um, right. I mean, I know that the, you know the newer generations. There are some changes in that as to the fact that everything is on their phone, and and you know through here they they don't mind swiping and getting you know going into an event. Uh, that they get a discount for on an app or whatever that kind of thing and and they might not be as interested as in, in the personal experience as much as we did but I think yeah. that that aspect is always gonna be there I mean you rather be welcomed by somebody than not welcome at all (laughs) you know and just
1: would you say that's the biggest change from the like the older generation to the newer generation or what do you think it is i think
0: it's the most important not i don't know if it's the biggest but it's 100 percent the most important i think and it is actually one of the things that i try to teach is that that, like to keep that little you know touch of the old school in 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 your hearts when when they Mm -hmm. when they promote you know what i mean um like having a phone and being able to send text um uh, you know to a mass amount of people saying the exact same thing works and it helps a lot especially te- sms you know the, the fact that you guys are adding sms is, is super positive but that is not going to take away the fact that um if i am able to go visit somebody at their job and put my hand on their shoulder while i talk to them you know person to person it's going to make a, a a larger effect uh, even right. if, if i'm not you know, because I want to do many people. If I'm able to call them, that's going to make a difference too. Now, that again, we need uh, when it comes to promotion for clubs, you need as much, you know, things as possible, uh, as many weapons. I, I call them mm-hmm. in, in, in my book. I, I I call them weapons, and and you know, you gotta go there out there uh, armed. You know, you gotta be ready for all the How different all the different things. Um, so so I'm so I'm glad I like I like this. You know, I know you guys. I know you guys are not, um, you know, like uh, the promotion is not really through email, but you can collect you collect people's emails, correct?
2: Yep. The three data points that we're collecting right now are um, phone number, email, and Instagram.
0: And that, and that's, boom, that right there, Instagram. Instagram.
2: Huge. Exactly. Huge. So none of the other platforms collect that either. That's a big thing that we're trying to um, have to set us apart is that Instagram is really important at the end of the day because... Once you collect Instagram, you can see who your attendees' followers are and who their friends are. And that makes it easier to find new people. When we did a lot of um, research and did a lot of interviews, the number one problem that a lot of promoters had was like, how do you find new people? Like, you know, you, you sit down on the first day of class and then like you meet your new people, say you're in college or work or wherever, or you can meet two or three people a night going up to them, but you can't meet that many people that come out but once you start having that Instagram, you can sit there and say, all right, these 100 people came out last time, I'm gonna DM the people that are within their network. And we're actually trying to create tools right now where you can find those people that are close to that network. So um, there's basically gonna be like tools where you can see who, would, who are the five people that interact with Julio's account the most. And right. that will list your dashboard and then we can prompt you to say, hey, you should DM these five people because they interact with Julio's account the
0: most. Right. right. That makes a lot of sense, you know. And those whole five degree of separation, also, you you start seeing, um, or six degrees, mm-hmm. I think, you know, you, you start meeting that other one that meets that knows the other one and knows the other one, and and you know, and that's that's how it grows. That's um, it's it's a the new word of mouth in a way. Um, so so I, I, yeah, I like that a lot. And and you know, there's another aspect when it comes to to you, you know, when you're throwing this event, it all really depends on the type of event you're throwing. I know that you guys um as posh you guys when you were you know curating events you were going to a high-end clientele or to 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 a good clientele it's the same thing that we did over here we have been you know towards the the high-end latin clientele and and uh so for us in a way being able to see who it is that we are catering to is a is a huge plus um it, in many ways i mean it tells us who they are hanging with because people post everything on instagram <laughs> you know you can see you know what kind of events they're going to if they're going to your competition if they like what kind of music, all those things by the way that brings me to another thing that you mentioned to me and i wanted to talk about is you said something about tagging people on your on your platform what yeah what, what do you mean by tagging and what t- kind of tags can you have
1: so in the back end of Posh, we created a system where there's a global attendee page. So anyone that's attended your event shows up in the same place. And tagging is basically creating your own labels. So I can create a label called High Spender and attach that to all of the attendees that were above, uh, uh, that generated above a certain revenue threshold for all of my like previous events. Um, and where that helps is um, if you're having an event that you want to gear specifically towards high clientele, or you have a higher amount of tables available, maybe you'll want to go to your global attendee page and filter to only see your high spenders. Um, and another great thing you just mentioned is like on Instagram, right? Or at the events now, um, something that's great is Instagram allows us to see um, which type of music the attendees are interested in as well. So if you have a hip hop crowd, you could go through your attendees and tag who's into hip hop. And then for your hip hop event, only pull up the hip hop people and uh, market that event specifically to them using the SMS tools that are integrated right into that tagging system. Um, Avante probably knows some other uses. I know he's really hyped about the tagging system. (laughs) I mean, that's the main thing is just, you know,
2: filtering your crowd and then immediately selecting all the people in a certain demographic and then being able to text them immediately. And then eventually obviously email and then whatever you can do with Instagram, but tagging really just helps you segment your audience, not just by spend, but also you know by anything. Whether you throw maybe you throw Latin parties one night and then EDM parties the next night, and yeah. you want to keep separate, you can you know advertise to those different audiences. So that's a really big tool, you know. Yeah. Obviously, without SMS tagging wouldn't really be, or without any outreach tools, tagging would be kind of pointless. But uh, that's a big thing. Is like these are kind of tools that already exist in CRMs, which are um, customer relationship management tools. Right. Um, Salesforce or HubSpot um, and like you know C-suite level or not even C-suite but you know people with marketing degrees people that do a lot of marketing all day might know how to use these tools but in nightlife they're not really commonplace so we're really trying to introduce that the nightlife scene in a really seamless kind of fashion Um, if you go to our UI you're going to see it's very simple it's not like HubSpot which is going to have a million tabs you're not going to understand it. it's very difficult it's you know add a tag to someone and
1: with the tech. Exactly. Yeah. I have a question for you, Julio.
0: Yeah. Go Before
1: ahead. there were CRMs, what would be the easiest way to segment your audience or keep track of who's into what, or did you just have to memorize it and know them super well?
0: Huh. dude. Even I mean, from from the promoter all the way to the bartender. You know, we yeah. ha- we had to memorize. People's faces, honestly, and and what they you know bartender it was it was huge for a bartender to memorize the drinks that their regulars you know knew and and it may exist a little bit in the industry to those who are still old school, you know. But it, but people just don't like that kind of thing anymore. You know, you want the information. The data is important today. That is one of the issues yeah. that there are. So this is this is huge in that sense. You know, um, something that that Avante was talking about. I, you can't imagine how many times uh, you end up in, in this industry when you have a, a large database, you know, we're talking about we have 250,000 emails, um, you know, and you're thinking of the possibility of not sending one today because you don't want to bother those people that are not interested in this event, but you don't know who they are. Exactly. You know? So, So having data, you know, separated, segregated, you know, in that way. Being able to tell that easily by tagging and tagging with what matters to you and you being able to create those tags and that it's that's huge. And that's, you know, a a game changer. uh, The facts that you can SMS and I I also saw something that you guys are are doing, which is that that SMS is also a personalized one, too, um, which is important, Mm -hmm. even though people know that that it may be AI doing so, it doesn't matter, you know, people like their names. And people like right. being told their names, as they like being their name being, you know, reading their name when they see a text. Um, it's way more personal than than something coming, you know, and and just saying click here for a discount or whatever, you know.
1: That's the funny part. It's not even like high-level marketing. It's more just basic psychology. Like mm-hmm. calling someone by their name grabs their attention more easily. And um, yeah, like you said, we have a custom variable feature in the messages. You can select 200 people and say, hey, first name, and when they get the message. Their first name will be in there, so when it pops up in their messaging app, um, they don't think it's some automated message because the person is saying their first name. Right. Um, that's been huge, yeah.
0: Yeah, and by and by the way, that's one of the thing. That's one of the things that I that I have my my promoters do, and I tell my students to do, is sending out a mass message um, to the crowd just saying hello, one day, without any promotion mm-hmm. whatsoever, just to see what happens with their phones. And everybody goes crazy because everybody gets an That's answer. That's interesting, actually. Yeah, it's hey, just sending something like that will get people's attention to react to answer because it'll be it is just a simple. I am I am starting a conversation with you. I want to know right. if I want to know if you are attentive to my messages to you. I'm not trying to sell you on an event. I'm not trying, you know. So. Because one of the things that be, uh, promoters have become is, is too pushy sometimes. You know what I mean? It, and a lot of people yeah. are like, oh, my God, a promoter again trying to get me to do this. You know? And I'll give you an example. It used to be, for example, with um, Herbalife, for example. Herbalife used to be, like, annoying or whatever – this, with this new generation that they're making real money with it uh, because Herbalife is a product that works, you know. But now they have social media and they have ways of showing others look, this is working. Look how big I'm getting. Look how, you know, how fit I am now. Uh, right. Look at all the energy I have. Look at all the people that are working for me. Look at the new house, the new car that I have, uh, you know, sharing all that. They don't really have to go out there and, and try to convince you. Now people are coming to them, you know. But anyway, we're starting a conversation like that just sending out a message with the people's first names because i cannot do it with a first name by 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 sending a mass message you know from my uh, on whatsapp for example um to to groups or whatever but but if it's personal i can't imagine how many people you know if i send ten thousand email i mean text messages out there i have no idea how i'm gonna answer all those you know at at least (laughs) at least 20 percent of them are going to answer uh, right away you know <laughs> uh,
2: yeah there's some data on sms um we saw that 98 uh most sms campaigns actually have a 98 percent open rate yeah and so crazy is that like he even gets like because like they're already promoters sending out mass messages but not with personalized data a and b the services all suck and they're not integrated right into the ticketing platform right. but like digressing from that like when you know, i was just talking about like he knows that it's like promotional material and it says like hey, come out this Friday, something very like cringy, and he'll still open it, right. because you just open your texts. It's not yeah. like you just let it filter to the bottom. Right, Even You're gonna open it and see it. So that's why we think, that's why we wanna start it with SMS. And what do wanna, you guys think about?
1: Like, do you think email marketing is is possibly dead now, or I don't, I don't, nightlife at least?
0: So I don't think. I mean, it's it's definitely not going well for nightlife. It's not as good. I mean, it's it's definitely. For example, I know on on my in my case, it works for online courses, you know, and and, and, and all that, you know. Yeah. Uh, Self help stuff, whatever. But uh, but it is still on people's phones. You know, the only issue mm-hmm. is that you do get a lot of scam. You know, you do get a lot of emails that. You know spam. Sorry. So um, on the phone, it's been a little more controlled. The spamming part. You are getting some spam nowadays, but it's not what it, you know. What you um, so so. I think SMS is you know way more important that that um, you know that for example chatbots on on Facebook or WhatsApp or any of that. You know um, text message is the most personal. You know before making a phone call. The most personal right. that you can do on a mass on a mass level, let's put it that way, um, yeah. that people are going to open that 98% open rate is is true and it is it's real. It's you know people actually read it, open it, act, open and read. Um, if it's not salesy, they're going to click on it. You know also, mm-hmm. um, and if I am not receiving, because when it gets when it becomes a problem is when when you start sending text messages. Let's say a promoter has three parties during the week. One is Latin, one is hip hop, and the other one is EDM, and they're completely different parties. Um, it's three different crowds, completely. Even or if it's a venue, even you know, and and they have different parties with different promoters, whatever. They trying to promote to all their clientele, all their events, does not work because every client that loves hip-hop is going to get tired of getting a message saying, mamacita, te quiero ver tonight. You know, I don't, It's <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It, it makes no sense. Um, so so the more personal you can get, even better. If you tag it, guys and girls, for example, and you start sending those messages the way you speak to a guy versus the way you would talk to the girl, you know, because yeah. they're getting a message that's coming from you. So you have an idea of how you speak. You know, you're going to write out that, that text. You know, it's it's uh, write it as personal as you can, uh, you know, take advantage of this kind of thing to make it personal again. That's the whole point, because that is what people are looking for. And that is the one thing that will not be replaced. That's why the promoter is not going to be replaced, because the PR is always going to be the promoter. The promoter is going to be taking care of the of the client. I, I don't know when, you know, I they've tried already with uh, bartenders being AI, but those bartenders make a drink, but they don't have that conversation, you know?
1: Facts, yeah. Uh,
0: so, so it makes no sense that, you know, bartenders, you ask all my bartenders and they're going to tell you that they are, you know, psychologists, <laughs> underpaid psychologists, or some overpaid actually. <laughs> um, is,
1: that a, is that a side effect of COVID that you're worrying about where maybe venues are going to try cutting down on staff and it's going to result in like less personal experiences? Or do you think they realize that that's dangerous?
0: I think... Venues realize it's dangerous but um but some may try you know stuff like this um definitely uh, the first thing they're cutting off is actually on the promoters Hmm. and and it's a mistake i can tell you right away it's a mistake because you don't want to cut anything that has to do with marketing advertising promoting bringing people you know promoters are bringing the clients it's they're sales generators you know in the end um so it is a mistake, but the way they see it is okay. So I have a deal with the promoters, and they get twenty percent of the sales uh, from my venue. But I'm supposed to be at fifty percent capacity. Why would I need this guy to bring me this venue at hundred percent? I-, I can do fifty percent capacity on my own. You know right. that that's what they try. But then they realize, no, people are not coming back to a venue with fifty percent capacity because it's boring. Yeah. Unless you have fifty percent capacity but you bring a promoter who knows all that crowd and those people that know each other can hang with each other and still have a good time even if it's at 50% capacity um, <laughs> and this promoter will also know who are the ones that are gonna be spending the right amount to be able to be at 50% and still make the money so right you know so so, so they they're gonna end up coming back you know one way or another uh, uh, they're gonna try to cut down on some things. I do think AI is one of those that are that some are gonna try, but it's still gonna be an mm-hmm. investment uh, too high for some. That that's not gonna be worth it um, in the end. That conversation again, bartender. The, you know that and the, the the flirting, the fun, the there's so many, so many things. You know, it's uh, you may it, you, you make exactly exactly. Um, so I think that's the part that you guys have here also correct, because it is, even though it's an automated thing, you can make it as personal as possible. For example, the possibility of, I mean, you can have the sub promoters use the, the, you know, the, the platform themselves and make it look like it's their thing that they're promoting, you know, and it's not really somebody else's promotion. Um, a lot of, a lot of promoters don't like to promote an event because it promotes their main promoter or the venue more than themselves yeah um, you know that's one thing um you know the fact that you cannot for example steal um, between one promoter and another you don't you don't get to steal their clientele you know that you can pick and choose for example if you can control um you know who's who's who owns the data who's going to control the data all that kind of thing um i know you guys are not on t- onto email and i again i don't think you need to be worried about the email um there are others that are working on on stuff towards the email more um and again platforms that are dedicated to email all you got to do i understand is that you download that information and then you you know you bring it over there right
2: yeah export import and export data on posh which is something else that um a lot of crms have that uh platforms don't have in terms of importing so because we have the sms tools it's so imperative that you can bring that data on if you switch over from Eventbrite to us, that you can bring all that customer data in and immediately start contacting them from the dashboard before you even throw your first event. So, um, I mean, it's really crucial um, that we have that. And going off of that, we can def- we're definitely planning on, you know, integrating email or other tools. But, you know, as I said, as a startup, you want to really start with one tool and just really perfect it. So right. really trying to make it as, just as perfect as it can be. Have our first events see how people like them and then go from there and iterate.
0: I mean, it is it is the one that works the most at, at this time. I mean, SMS is again the most open rate. It's going to be that one. And I think promoters out there know this 100%, you know. I mean, the, <laughs> you, you want you want you want to do everything. Again, you want people want to send their emails, people want to send their text messages, people want their WhatsApp, people need to make their calls. A promoter needs to de- do every job. The fact that you are making this one so much easier for them is a is a big plus, um, and that is what it's all about. They want to automate as much as possible. You need as much data as possible to be able to grow as a promoter. Um, for you to be, you know, I guess uh, hired for bigger, larger events. There's nothing better than actually saying, you know what? Look, here's my data. I have this many people, and oh, and you're looking people uh, for people of, you know, with this kind of demographic or with this. You know that they like this kind of stuff or whatever right or, or they drink this product whatever it is that you may separate those tags it's huge the more tags, the better <laughs> um you know and 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 not bothering people uh for stuff that they're not going to be interested in is it's also a, a, a huge thing yeah what would you say that it is that is the best thing that the platform does
1: we probably have different answers for that. Okay, you want to go first, Devante. <laughs> uh, I think the
2: customization, personally, um, Really, I think that, like again, like we said in the beginning, Eventbrite, you know, they don't make it a page that's your own, um, and it's not just the event pages though. We're we're also making um, custom landing pages that you see before. It's your own event, uh, your own hospitality group's profile, so people can go to your. Um, Hospitality Group's profile, which is very custom. You know, again, like you said, you have your brand color, you have their name, you have customizable background images, et cetera. And then they can go to your events from there. But it really looks like your own website instead of Eventbrite, where you're just really just feeding them more tra- traffic. And eventually, right now, um, you already have a custom subdomain when you create an account on our website. So it would be like Julio's juliosparties.posh.vip. Um, but eventually we wanna also move over to custom domains as well. So it can yeah. literally be parties.com, not a word of posh on the website, and it looks like it's really your own website that you're hosting the parties on, that you have the guest list on, everything. And so it's really your own um, marketing engine right there.
1: Right. That's a cool feature. I think I have a better one. Julio, do you use dark mode on your iPhone or do you have an iPhone? I do. Do you use dark mode?
0: I do. Yes.
1: How much better is dark mode than the light mode?
0: I I I am dark. I like dark myself. Right?
1: So all the ticketing <laughs> platforms, especially Eventbrite, they're all in light mode. They all have like white backgrounds. They're so ugly and it hurts your eyes. So I think that the fact that the Posh UI has black backgrounds is really big um and it also just gives like more of a nightlife theme, but it's a huge saver if it's late at night and you're looking through all your attendees. <laughs> right? Yeah. Much better on the eyes.
0: You must be the one that designed that whole thing, right?
1: yeah maybe maybe
0: um yeah so no i I like both things i like as a matter of fact um you touched on something right now which is the um that you are focusing on the nightlife industry i because a lot of the platforms do a little bit of everything and they try to grow in every sense it doesn't matter i mean i've seen some that are doing you know uh, church events and you know, and and circus and whatever, whatever they can that sells tickets, the ticketing period that they go in that direction. Um, So I like the fact that you guys are nightlife, uh, you know, directed, but I don't know why you made that decision though. Why would you say?
2: Um, I mean, I I I start with that. I think obviously we, like we said in the beginning, we come from a nightlife background. um, And I think that like, again, taking into, accountability the startup mentality it's like you really want to know your market and we have that experience we knew what the problems were you never want to create a solution before knowing what the problem is and we both just felt there were so many issues that were not being addressed by the current um incumbents so we really just wanted to um target something that we knew about and yeah maybe exploring outside of the nightlife space after we really crush it in nightlife could be a potential um opportunity but we really think that nightlife's underserved and that we have some knowledge that we could bring to the table there um, in terms of marketing, startup knowledge, et cetera, to really disrupt the space.
0: All right. Right well now? said, yeah. All right. That's All cool. Right. No, I like that. Good answer. <laughs> um, you guys you guys are open and ready, right? You said again you have a couple of events this week, um, weekend, right? Um,
2: so if people went to our website, they wouldn't be able to sign up. They'd just be able to um, join our waitlist for the official launch, mm-hmm. but if they wanted out to us i'm happy to display contact information or whatever and we can we're basically taking people on one by one right now okay. um before we officially launch in about
0: a month or two okay where can they contact you guys just so that we leave that information
2: um would be Avante at posh vip so just a-v-a-n-t-e at p-o-s-h dot vip
0: right so okay. i i know for a fact i'm going to be you know talking to a lot of promoters about this and i'm you know in the students and Um, You know, people that listen to the to the podcast for sure, Uh, because I I, I like it. I I think, you know, just looking behind the scenes at the the back end of it or whatever, it made a lot of sense, made a lot of sense. Um, It is 100 percent the first one that I have seen non-app, you know, which was a good decision that is focused on the promoter first or the main promoter or the event curator However, you guys, you know, call it in in your countries, but mm-hmm. um, so so that I like because I I again you know starting as dad I, you know and that that's my background so I understand well how how we think and and how we see that 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 aspect and how important it is to be taken care of and uh, and not forgotten which we have been forgotten in the in the industry as we have been forgotten now with all these. That is going on. Um, you know, everybody talks about the restaurants are suffering and the bars are suffering, but nobody says uh, promoters are suffering. And you know, nobody knows what yeah. it, they even are. You know, <laughs>
2: at the end of the day, like I think 100%, I agree with that. I think nightlife does kind of take a back seat in terms of the industries that are getting a lot of the light right now in terms of being affected by COVID. Yeah. But like, like you said, like why nightlife? As well as our experience, I think also, like, we really are passionate about nightlife. Like, not a lot of people can say that, but I think that, like, we do want to make a change in the industry in the sense of, like, it does have a really bad rap. And, like, we think that by, like, you said, promoters are getting annoying by making, like, promotion not annoying, but really attractive with these attractive event pages and, you know,
1: hospitality. That's what it is.
2: Right. Real hospitality and, like, really serving that purpose that nightlife really is supposed to serve, which is, like, you know, giving people a release at the end of their long week. And really just giving them a place to just be free and be themselves is like really what we want to promote. So deeper than just like the technology, like our real mission is really just take away that kind of bad rap that uh, nightlife has and really just uh, propel it to the front kind of and get some more consumers involved.
0: Yes, sir. Um, Something else, you know, going through this whole, you know, COVID situation, what are the, the things that you have added to this that are that relate to COVID or that you are thinking of? maybe you know bring it into the to the app
1: actually one of our first clients i'm sorry um, sorry
0: i said app again
1: <laughs> one of our first guys that we're doing a, an event with this weekend um requested that there be a, a touchless bottle ordering feature so basically where you can scan a qr code from your table and uh swipe through the available bottles and order from your phones that's like our main um covid related feature i'd say um, that we're pretty excited about. Yeah, I just pointed the technicals, like it basically there's a different
2: QR code for every table at the event. People would scan it, and then the uh, event curator, like the big promoter, like you're saying, or whoever they want their team to text, will get a text that says, table two, order two gray gooses, and then they basically are, act as a runner, and they can bring it out to them. So that also helps reduce the cost of Bottlebirds, um, while people are kind of trying to reopen and you know cut costs. I don't, we think that, you know, obviously like the relationships matter and bottle girls do help to propel sales, but if people are trying to think of how can I reopen and save some money, that is a tool we've implemented, um, so that you can kind of, yeah, have basically one or two runners, not really have to hire your whole staff back in terms of waiters and waitresses, and then just automate that whole process. And it, you know, it eliminates the need for a paper menu as well. It's all online.
0: Right. right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Guys, where can people follow you? so that so that they can check this out
2: yeah um so on instagram it's at posh group nyc P-O-S-H group nyc um and then obviously our website is just posh.vip and then again they can contact me at avante a-v-a-n-t-e at posh.vip um and we're really just even if people you know just want to talk we're really just looking for feedback and really just yeah. love having a sounding board for anything so really love to just make new connections and talk to anyone that's interested
0: right which by the way another thing that i don't think i mentioned or you mentioned is the fact that um there's no it's not like a monthly fee or anything right this is basically based on sales
2: yeah 100 commission based and you can pass that fee on to your consumers as well right. um and we're also offering people free access for their first few events as we um, approach our launch as well to get people involved
0: that and you can also have, uh, for example, some free tickets and if you have a free ticket, that means that you're not paying a fee for those. You are also currently not charging for SMS messages at the moment, correct?
2: Nope, that's also included. So it, the, the fee is the exact same as Eventbrite right now, but it's again passed on to the consumer. Um, so actually our users are not paying anything, but it's um, yeah, it's seven percent plus $1 per ticket.
0: Got it. Do you have any idea as to what amount of SMSing would start to become an issue with having to charge for that?
2: Yeah, we did some calculations on that. If someone's sending out more than 5,000 SMSs per event, and that's per event considering about 100 ticket sales on average, which is actually pretty small. Um, once they start sending more than 5,000 for a 100 person event, that's when it starts getting a little taxing on us. So. Um, Realistically, that doesn't, that, doesn't, that wouldn't really happen? You know what I mean. Just thinking about those numbers, five reaching out to five thousand people for one hundred person event probably would not happen. Um, but again, yeah, if it, if it, if overhead became an issue, we could definitely implement it in. But right now, we really just want to provide a better service than the competitors at this yeah. price. So I mean, yeah. that's we don't want to be charging any more. We think we can hundred percent do that. We're not really trying to profit right now. We're really just trying to get feedback and get as many people on board as possible.
0: Awesome. Guys, I really like well, the you know the platform. I, I really think it has you know you have something there that um, that is gonna grow. I don't know if you guys are also looking besides people uh, to join. Uh, I don't know where you're at as you know as a company. So I don't know if you guys are also in any way looking for um, uh, growth, investment, anything like that. If anybody there is yeah. interested, they can contact you also.
1: We have a growth equity firm behind us, but oh, what, we're always when, looking for when I say collaborations money, and partnerships.
0: When I say money, <laughs> Eli talks, see? <laughs> okay.
1: Nah, yeah, we're, all, we're always open to partnerships, collaborations, investors that want to talk. Um, so, yeah, make sure to contact Avante at the email he gave or uh, just hit us through Instagram would be great.
0: All right, awesome. Guys and and yeah, I back this up. I I believe 100% what these guys are talking about is is, is what it is. Uh I like thank it. You. I checked it out and 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 we might be be doing some things as well. Um so thank you so, much. so guys, again, no, thank you for your time. I really hope things get back to normal in New York soon. Um because that means that Florida is closer to it <laughs> as soon as you guys start to get closer to it. Um <laughs> so so again best of luck i uh people remember to get my book on amazon you can follow me yes, at the nightlife entrepreneur on instagram you follow uh all the podcast episodes at the nightlifepodcast.com and nightlife.university you can get all the courses and more information on these guys thank you again and see you next week thank you